When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's Swolecast. Listen, we've got an exciting show planned for you guys. Um, I just want to say, first of all, thank you to everyone that has sent me. Congratulations. I don't know what I would do without all my people. And um, that's just how I want to open the show. It's like just a, a sincere thanks for everyone that was rooting me on last night in the Millie Maker contest on FanDuel. Uh, we got there. We got there. And uh, finally, after seven years of chasing it, I shipped a Millie Maker. And that's that's what it's really all about. Yeah, Dave. I, I mean, I want to be the first person to congratulate you to kind of watch your maturation as a DFS player <laughs> over the years has been inspiring. And, and you took your lumps early on and you just kept telling me, you're like, I'm an MME guy. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to get my exposures dialed down. I'm doing the hard work. And to just see it pay off in this way, and it couldn't happen to a better guy. And yeah. um, I'm just thrilled <laughs> for you. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, David took that time off during quarantine to work on his models. You know, some of us played League of Legends. Some of us were getting in best ball drafts. Some of us were playing CSGO, you know, Mexican soccer and not Dave, not soccer Dave. Dave just he got in there. He worked on a leverage tool and he really put his nose to the grindstone to ship a Millie Maker with 360 of his closest friends. Yeah. And that's actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Dave, because, you know, as we know in MME, like the biggest thing uh, to win a million dollars is you got to remove dupes. You know, dupes are the biggest <laughs> issue. Tell us how you were able to remove dupes in your lineup set and win a million dollars. Um, I will uh, I will just say that uh, shout out to Lineup HQ on Rotor Grinders. Um, I just started messing with some player exposure. And then finally I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to do it because FanDuel kept on like pushing back the start date, the the lock time as well to where it was like 12 minutes past whenever. And then we got news that Pat Beverly was going to play and I had 85% RJAX. And this is kind of like, you know, this is free for, for people wanting to know this is how the sausage you know gets made um so when patrick beverly was announced that he was in i did this super scientific method where i downloaded the csv and then i copied the id 
And then I just went random <laughs> paste Patrick Beverly in because they were the same price. And I just pasted them in uh, different lineups. So thankfully, I did not paste him in the winning coward. Lineup. This is crazy. I've been. I just played a hundred. I played a hundred percent Reggie Jackson because I'm not a coward. You know why that story is tilting for me, Dave, is because I'm spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars out here subscribing to, you know, special <laughs> game theory podcast series to make me a better DFS player. And then you're just giving the secret sauce away for free on yeah. the swole cast. I mean, keep that stuff behind the paywall, Dave. Hey, pop, pockets on swole. I do <laughs> want to say there were some other people, um, you know, whenever I took Davis under my wing, when we started Fantasy Outsiders... <laughs> I wanted him to experience victory as well. <laughs> I, I used to stake the fellow back in the day. Um, and he's like, oh, wow, I just made my first four-digit four uh, GPP win. And um, I, I, I want to say, like, basically mentoring Davis to the point where he could ship a Millie maker with me. It, now, it, you, you, you know this is not the first time I've been involved in a million-dollar score, though. Mm, when when has it been like with your name on it yeah when Goulet and I won yeah <laughs> well first of all Goulet was a fantasy insider subscriber and he reached hey look man I was you I was repping the fantasy insiders avatar on FanDuel that's how long it's been since I played I, I was repping the brand buddy <laughs> I was too and then someone sent me a <laughs> screenshot and I'm like oh this is my FI logo I gotta make corporate happy and so I changed it to the Rotor Grinders logo I think we I, do I, have to question your judgment uh for staking Davis I mean what's going through your head he uh, got thinking he, you're gonna see an ROI on that Dave not only not only did he make over ten thousand dollars in that exchange but I also was not smart enough to know then that that exchange needed to be 1099 and I got stuck with the tax bill and kitchen kitchen wrote off like a champ <laughs> Wow, so Kitchen played you. I was I was 21. I had no idea what I was doing. I just sent Kitchen this bank wire. No, it was a, it was a long con because it kept FI afloat and it kept Davis. Davis got uh, the checks like he was like the the Bobby Bonilla of uh, FI. He just kept on getting monthly checks, even when he probably shouldn't have gotten monthly checks. So he he came out okay. An and I, inaccurate statement. I couldn't also help but notice that uh, Tanner Tolbert uh, was part of the Millie Maker crew. <laughs> See, to me, if I were you guys, I know it's exciting to be a Millie Maker winner, but it's kind of like when Fantasy Mansion is pushing robust RB and then he his strategy is directly aligned with what the counselor is doing. Like, do you guys maybe kind of question your process if you're looking around the room at the other people that had the same process to get to that point and you just see Tanner over there and you're like, Maybe I'm not in the best company right now. I don't know. Like Dink, Dink had a lineup. A couple of sharps did. Really, all you had to do to have that lineup was just if you didn't play Zion, you were locked in. It was. It was. Uh, I mean, yeah, both fish and sharps landed on it, and Davis and I are examples of that. So. Um, yes, for those that wanted to know, we did split the millionaire maker on FanDuel and I was just glad it won, to be honest, because I'm pretty sure that one of the ones that I put Patrick Beverly in for our Jacks was the one that was like up like 13 K and that wouldn't have been me. And so it'd have been like a whole lot of regrets, but after the contest ended, it kept on going 
like my my results kept on like like swapping and it was just like a i i couldn't handle it basically well, so I saw there was this one funny tweet that popped in my timeline, another uh, person who was part of that train up top. And he had a tweet early where he was like, I think I'm about to win the Millie on FanDuel. <laughs> Holy shit. And like everyone's replying. They're like, oh my God, we get it. We get it. And then his follow-up post was like, yeah, I'd split it with like 400 people. <laughs> but he was just so excited because I guess he hadn't seen all the dupes uh, well, down the- below. At one point, one of the lineups that I was in was in first, and it was three hundred and fifty bucks. Like, so <laughs> and like ten thousand people with that uh, with that lineup. Um, but yeah, I did get a message on <laughs> Mike, or I'm not actually. I'm not going to say this guy's name, but he he messaged me on Instagram, and he said, uh, "Hey, are you the person that won off Fanduel last night?" I just want to know if you win a lot on there. You should take this guy under your wing and mentor him. <laughs> he sounds maybe like he, he wants a stake. Davis yeah, 2.0. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he too. Maybe he too can uh, can win a milli. We Speaking should... of Davis 2.0, can we talk about how Jack Miller has just been eerily quiet uh, since we just absolutely put him in a body bag? Yeah. Um he, I saw him get some pub on the uh, Chasing Ships pod that you had with uh, with Siegel. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Everyone wants to keep kind of bringing him up, but I feel like that ship has sailed. <laughs> I mean, he had his chance. He did. He had his opportunity. We were ready to launch him into a new stratosphere in a way that no Silva tweet could ever do it. And eh. he thumbed his nose at it. I don't know about that, buddy. Uh, uh, the telling- cast bump? The Silva, Silva tweets move move the move the needle. Yeah, I mean, I've seen James Conner as ADP, so I, I agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> I had to take uh, James Conner in a draft in an underdog draft the other day, and it was like my only share of him. And it was man, my my uh, dopamine receptors are really going through it right now because I was, dude, I was just hammering out the drafts. I was getting like five or six in a day was uh, registering for some high stakes ones. And this, this Damien Williams news, um, it, it, it is like getting a, a bucket of cold ice dumped on my junk. It's, it's really bumming me out. Um, and the Kashawn uh, Vaughn, as far well, as that's not, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let just, Bond, Keyshawn, Bond. But with the LaShawn McCoy news, that was some ice dumped in my junk, Davis. So maybe it was like the fantasy karma coming back around and rewarding us for all the pain that we have been through the past couple of days. So let's let's just rewind it for a second. Let's start. Go ahead. I just do want to say, I mean, you just mentioned, you know, you guys each have your pet players and the, the cold water was thrown on their draft stock by these, you know, respective, you know, news. Do you guys think that this is kind of, you know, karmic, you know, comeuppance for why you had to win the Millie? It's like they took this away from you. And then in return, the DFS gods wanted to bless you with a Millie maker win. It's literally what I just said. I mean, is I think it? at this point... <laughs> Like I would, I would yeah, probably trade it. I'd probably trade in um, the $3,500 to have Damian Williams active for the 2020 season. Devin, I think maybe it is because soccer Dave's gain is turned down so low that I just can't hear him. I just hear like a mouse whispering and maybe that's why <laughs> what he said went right past me. 
you're working on all your articles like Davis does. Yeah, <laughs> you see me hard at work over uh, here. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the uh, the Shady McCoy news first, because this was. I don't know. I feel like after they did not sign Devonta Freeman, like we were in the clear and I've, I've been getting Vaughn in the eight, like almost every draft. And then this news is like, I don't know. He's going to plummet. I saw a late round QB said he's going to uh, fall to the 13th, his ADP and he's there for it. And sure. Like I'm going to, I feel like I'm just going to keep on drafting him the lower he falls. But having those shares of him in the eighth round do not feel good right now. Okay. I just need to, this. Okay. I was not on Twitter when this news broke. And so I missed all the initial reactions, but everyone is massively overreacting to this. LaShawn McCoy was getting load managed down the stretch last year on the best offensive football and played one snap throughout the entire playoffs, on the best offense in football. He could not succeed in the best offense in football. It's now, what, nine months later? How in the hell does anyone think LaShawn McCoy is stealing any meaningful touches from anyone in this backfield? This is a gift to both Rojo and Keyshawn Vaughn truthers because we're going to get them at cheaper prices now. LaShawn McCoy is not going to be a factor. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And then, Davis, you can, you can chime in. I love, for a variety of reasons, Keyshawn Vaughn. It's a mid-state guy here. Uh, yeah, a variety of reasons. Vanderbilt. One of the big reasons. Vanderbilt <laughs> kid, just a great attitude, perseveres, um, and has the skill set to just crush it in Tampa Bay. Can we, can we drink at the same time for a future gift? Well, I was, I was, uh, I was tilting that Pete has fresh coffee at his desk, and mine is, um, mine's dusty. I do too. If uh, if you know what a sensa is, it's like a European coffee. That, oh my uh, god, it's just like. Anyways, go run a lap, bro. How much sugar do you have in that thing? Dude? It's it's no sugar. <laughs> I'm still in my intermittent fast, bro. <laughs> Eating window hasn't opened up yet. Okay. You're, you're, anyways, Keyshawn right. Vaughn. Let's get back to to Keyshawn. Just look at some of the things that happened. You've got. COVID, right? Pushing things back. You've got him testing positive for COVID. You've got it, the reports that he was not on the, uh, he's basically going to be the backup on first and second downs to, to Rojo. And then Dari is going to have third downs. And now you've got Shady McCoy in there as well. Like as much as I love Vaughn, there just seemed to be, like roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, and that's why I'm concerned. I think uh, again the uh, the old best ball versus managed leagues thing or whatever. But for specifically managed leagues, you have to be absolutely thrilled to be able to get a guy like Vaughn in the 12th and 13th round now because you can bide your time with him there and down yeah. the stretch if he becomes the guy in the money weeks for the fantasy playoffs. You, you're going to love that price. And that's historically, too, where, you know, Alvin Kamara's rookie year, he was in the 10th, 11th round. Nick Chubb was in that round. It's when we have to pay these, you know, DeAndre Swift, Dobbins prices that it can get dicey. But there's no risk in the 12th or 13th with Vaughn. I, I think it's a, an incredible buy. Are, are you predicting league winner, Keyshawn Vaughn? I'm not going to go that far. 
Davis. I, I, I actually think this makes it much more likely that I would draft Vaughn than I was before. I was drafting Vaughn before when he would fall to like the 10th, but if Keyshawn Vaughn is there and I can take him instead of um, AJ Dillon, I can take him instead of uh, Daryl Henderson. You know, I, I kind of view him very. Uh, Henderson has more standalone value. Vaughn is probably more contingent value. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. He he's in. He landed in a great spot, and um, I agree that his value is going to keep going up. But I'm I'm moving like guys like Darius Geis over him. So yeah, I think he. You know, it's you just buy the dip. Uh, and I think it's, it's going to work out well because Rojo was getting way too pricey. You know, he's going late fourth, early fifth. He's now, yeah, if we drop. can get, if we can get Rojo back in like the seventh now, that would be the perfect reaction to this news. Yeah. I, I think it's all going to be okay. I mean, I know we can get burned. Someone in the chat saying Arians likes crappy old running backs. You know, the, uh, the Andre Ellington, uh, what was it? Chris Johnson, Chris, story. Chris Johnson during the David Johnson season, when David Johnson's first NFL touch went for a touchdown and then he stayed on the bench for seven more weeks. Yeah. I just really, I mean, I don't know how you look at LaShawn McCoy and think that you could give him more than one or two touches a game. I just, I don't even know how. Buck spent a third rounder on on Vaughn. I mean, because he can got, pass block, bro. They've got draft capital un, under Arians too. So, all right. Uh, so we're all in on Keshawn Vaughn. He no, just, I'm not. I'm not all in. But he now joins that uh, the the premium tier of Antonio Gibson, uh, Darrington Evans, Tony <clears throat> Pollard, Boston Scott, Chase Edmonds of like guys that you were hoping to get eleventh rounder later. Yeah, I still think he goes above, like, as much as I love Pollard, you know, Pollard's path to success is someone getting hurt. Yeah, it's entirely contingent value, but he no no player in the league benefits more from an injury than Tony Pollard. He, go, he would be, if Ezekiel Elliott got injured and the Cowboys didn't sign Devonta Freeman or Lamar Miller or someone of that ilk and just ran with Jordan Chun and Rico Dowdle, he would go number three overall. In, in high stakes leagues all right so let's uh let's shift now to the other running back um the one that poured ice on your junk davis damien williams now, and now it, you kind of have to see the genius of andy reed drafting clyde edwards hilaire with the first round pick right uh, i mean no but it is it is bru- it is brutal for my specific position, obviously, because I have Damien in all of these dynasty leagues. Luckily, though, I did do the Matic thing of like realizing I was wrong immediately, and then drafting Cl- Cl- uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire wherever possible. Like I, I actually did a trade with Pete where I, I gave up a little bit of extra draft capital to trade uh, Jonathan Taylor for Clyde Edwards Hilaire because I just I just realized like. They're just telling us right now they don't give a shit about Damien, and it's it's all about um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Unfortunately, in some of the leagues I do actually care about, Damien dropped like very low. I just did my FFPC Pros versus Joes draft on Monday, and Damien fell all the way to the tenth pick of the seventh round. So he goes two rounds after ADP. But I'm really hope I, I'm just retrospectively wishing that someone would have sniped him from me. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, what can the, you do? 
the the having shares this is the this is the first big one right uh you know we saw the patriots defensive players opt out but this is the first one where it's like wow i am taking a zero there in all those best ball drafts i've already made and that's hard to stomach that said uh i do think don't don't we see that they're going to bring in another body uh eventually like yeah you you better hope andy Reid is not calling lamar miller right now well, that's the thing. If Lamar Miller or Devonta Freeman comes Devonta back Freeman, in, yeah. these people paying, you know, top three running back prices for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to look really silly. So I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely think you've got to move CEH up, definitely. But you still got to be realistic in where you're doing it. I think he falls in that Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake range at the back end of the first. So if we, if we do want to look on the bright side, though, we do now have, we've got another premium zero RB hash, like semi standalone, uh, huge contingent value guy in DeAndre Washington, where we now probably can pencil DeAndre Washington in for 50 to 75 carries, some rational amount of targets where he'll have enough standalone value to maybe be one of those guys that in a zero RB construction, you actually can start as you're running back to some weeks, but then massive, um, massive uh, contingent value, similar to actually how he played in Oakland last year, where he was getting some touches in the regular flow of the game. But then when Josh Jacobs was banged up, DeAndre Washington actually was playing over Jalen Richard. All right. So where are the target rounds for DeAndre Washington? In some slow draft leagues, I got him like in the 16th, 17th. Uh, but I think as, like 14th is probably okay as well. Like where, how high would you be willing to, to draft Ewash? I, I think you put him in that, in the, the Boston Scott tier now. I think you can take him in the 12th, 13th, 14th round. Boston Scott's a very uh, good comp, I think, for both situation, um, type of player. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think, I, I don't, I wouldn't fault anyone for taking him as early as the 12th round. I would rather have him over Boston Scott. And, and as Levitan tweeted, Shower narrative, DeAndre Washington and Patrick Mahomes, college teammates at Texas oh, yeah. Tech. They uh, they played together for two seasons. And the other thing that just makes you want to like DeAndre Washington more is, you know, last year the Chiefs had the chaos in the backfield. You know, they had Shady, they had Darwin, they had Darrell, and they did not want to trust Darrell or Darwin. Like, they had the opportunities. Darrell flashed a little bit but they did not trust those guys. So bringing in DeAndre Washington kind of speaks to that. And I think it's pretty logical that he's going to be the next man up after CEH. Yeah. I saw, uh, I think it was JJ again saying that, you know, people are talking about how you can't draft a, uh, like a rookie or someone on a new team because of lack of training camp, lack of, uh, you know, the playbook, knowledge of the playbook, that sort of thing, the system. But then also people are clamoring for CEH as a, a top three pick. You know, that is interesting as we go further along with the COVID stuff. Like how, Davis, how are you managing the the players on new teams or the rookies compared to the people that are already established but might not have the upside? I'm giving a little bit of bump to continuity for sure, but I'm not avoiding these rookies, especially the ones that are just heading into 
this absurd vacuum of volumes. Like specifically, I'm talking about Jalen Rager and LaVisca Chenault, who are just heading into these situations where as long as they prove to be competent over the second half of the season, they could be like nine target a game guys just because of the massive role that's waiting there for them. And, and we know that running back is the easiest position to play. So just being a rookie there doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I, I, I get, you know, it's, it's the tired cliche at this point, you know, the rookies are going to start slow, blah, 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 blah. I think it's completely mitigated by the revolving door that these teams are going to have with scratches and sickness and injuries. I mean, these guys are going to get opportunities. Uh, I was even, uh, you know, Pat is always sending me screenshots of the athletic and the, the Philly beat reporter was talking about how the coaches know that they're going to have to evaluate these guys, uh, quicker you know and if a guy flashes in practice that might be enough just off of one or two practices to thrust him into a bigger role so as everyone knows they're working under different circumstances and ultimately these teams want to win and they invest draft capital in these guys in their talented athletic dudes they're gonna get them onto the field especially in a chaotic season like this one so i i'm not worried about it are you concerned about spending a lot of draft capital for like a, a running back because of this, or does it matter the position Davis? No, because it's just, you just hand the guy the ball and then he runs. I don't yeah. like yeah. we, we, we see guys come off the street who literally don't know the playbook who start for Super Bowl teams. Like it just, it just doesn't matter. And it has more to do just the opportunity cost doesn't really have anything to do with them being a rookie. It's like when you're having to drop, draft Dobbins, Akers, Swift there in the fifth and sixth round, you're passing over really good wide receivers in that range. That's where the opportunity cost is. And that's why the cheaper rookie running backs, the Zach Moss, now Keyshawn Vaughn, Darrington Evans, Gibson, the guys that you can get cheap without having to pass over stud wide receivers, that's where you load up. Because one of those guys, and maybe multiple of them, will, will probably hit in a pretty decent way. Oh, man. As long as we have an, an NFL season, I don't care. I don't care. All my best ball teams could fail. They're not. No, I do not. I do not sign up for this. I think. I think I would rather have the season canceled than just take an absolute wash in all these leagues. I'm with Dave. Uh, just give me the season. I. I don't care. Because we we have these new weekly contests, Davis. Um, that uh, you can go sign up on DraftKings or FanDuel. Wow, Kitchen Kitchen is taking my joke and turning it back on me. I love it. Uh. Hey God, I do want to circle back to a chat. Someone was late to your guys' Millie Maker uh, conversation, and I yeah. think you guys have to address this. He says, you guys win the Millie, but you spend 100 k trying to do so. I'm sure overall you guys are down money. Care to answer this, <laughs> Millie Maker winners? I think everyone who knows me knows that I spend at least 100 k a slate. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I think that I think that this this online criticizer has it accurate. Yeah, Davis, I was surprised first of all that you were playing on Fanduel um, because you even like I I don't know how many times we try to get you to play on Fanduel during the football season, saying that there is just it, there is some soft action there. Can't ignore the overlay, dude. There was the is as plus EV as that NBA contest was on opening day of baseball. Uh, FanDuel ran a million dollar to first contest for three dollars that did not even get 30 percent full. It was, it was probably the most plus EV contest in the history of daily fantasy sports. Yeah. And uh, I, I max entered that, so I have money left over from that, which is why I, I did the NBA. Yeah, did you max enter it? Yes, there you go. See, 
Look at us. Look at us. Just a few max entry GPP guys. Look at us. I'm taking well, max side it. now. <laughs> Pete, Pete's about that that max entry um, MMA life. That's he's he knows all the rules in the groups for for the MMA. He's a big MMA guy. Here's where I'm at with that. I I would love to play everything. The the news driven sports where the slate gets you know shook up on a moment's notice. Uh, those are hard because you got to devote a lot of time. And the way the NBA slates are now structured, like the what is it today's kicking off at two thirty? You got to be at your computer. The the, the common man the common man is literally drawing dead to be profitable at. NBA this year, if you are not sitting at your laptop for seven hours a night, you will not win an NBA uh, in in the restart. Yeah, it's concerning. Uh, well, and, and they I'm also gonna... they also gave a ten dollar ticket to everybody. Twenty five dollar ticket to everybody. I'm on talking about games? yeah on Fanduel. Oh, uh, so it's like there. As far as like, there's just some there's some fishy money out there right now, and that is where we take care of it. All right. Um, <clears throat> will any QBs opt out be- because of... This is the biggest question, I think. And so usually I've been doing the two, like for, I say cash games, we're not really cash games. You're trying to win your league. They're the non-best ball mania teams on underdog. Uh, but I've been doing usually two, six, eight, two. Two quarterbacks, six running backs, eight receivers, I think uh, you should probably be getting a third tight end in two, two the cash games. Well, most of my tight ends are like I don't Kittle, I, Kittle Kelsey, Andrews. Yeah, Lutz. like they're like I don't go past Ingram or, or Waller generally. And um, so, if they are like crappy tight ends, yes, I'll get a third. But I'm starting to think about some of these QBs that are left for basically free in the 17th and, and 18th rounds. You've got Philip Rivers, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, some of the rookie quarterbacks as well, because it just seems like awfully good insurance if some of these quarterbacks opt out or they get, you know, they're they get quarantined for a couple of weeks. What what's your thoughts on like shifting roster construction ideals, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I you know I've I've said a you know multiple times about you know running backs are going to benefit the most in fantasy from this season. I think it it really comes down to that whole thing, the same kind of handcuff idea, right? Are you trying to raise your floor? You know, if you're in a 12 team league and you're just trying to get into the playoffs uh, or whatever, and you're trying to handcuff, I mean, go for it. But if you're in these large field things, uh, you can't be wasting roster spots on handcuffs. You got to throw a dart at each individual who has massive upside in, in that specific scenario. So it is concerning, uh, you know, if you're in dynasty leagues and, and you want to start adding some of these backup quarterbacks for free off the waiver wire to protect yourself, go for it. But in these contests with a ton of money up top, you just are hoping for the nut outcome anyways, and you can't worry about downside. Yeah, I think um, the the better way to approach it is to, I, I've, I've tried this a couple of times, just going the mega fragile approach at running back and just taking like four dudes, like starting with Derrick Henry, uh, going Aaron Jones, James Conner, Chris Carson, and liter- and then ignore and taking only those four guys and ignoring it from that point on. Yeah. And it speaks to the biggest mistake people make mm-hmm. in drafts and across almost all formats, DFS, best ball or whatever, is they are trying to limit their downside risk. Yeah, they're trying not a- to lose. 
as a po that's why everyone wants the nice starting lineup, you know, that yeah. fills out all the positions, you know, it's why they want a handcuff. And it's like, no, we are trying to nail everything just perfectly. We don't have to worry about downside at all. Yeah. Uh, Pete, I appreciate you like giving GPP tips, like not being intimidated by being on the show with uh, two million winners <laughs> that you feel confident enough that you can give those tips to the people. Well, um, if anyone knows about downside risk, uh, check out my bankroll challenge series <laughs> on Roto Grinders, just a plummeting graph through the whole season. So I think I'm uniquely qualified yeah. to speak about punting off money because you, yeah. uh, you haven't a, a baked in downside risk. Name it and claim it. We have, um, it, you know, it's like there are weeks in DFS where there are just so many landmines, right? Like zeros, people getting hurt, concussed early on, just a lot of landmines. And sometimes it's just about like avoiding the landmines to to cash in a tournament. But in these like big tournaments, you have to avoid the landmines and you have to like hit home runs with these guys. And so, you know, we talk about the swolescence. That's I, I'm just going I'm just going big time with these with these best ball drafts. Davis, I wish that you understood like how it was with these underdog drafts. Like I want you to like just move to a state for a uh, another state for a week or so. I'm working on my I'm working on my VPN stuff. We're gonna yeah. get it figured out. Dave, you said your uh your family had moved out for a little bit. Why don't you have Davis come live in the basement? You two, just a couple of bros drafting underdog teams. <laughs> just couple just couple bros, uh <laughs> best ball mania bros. I would pay so much to subscribe to that reality TV show <laughs> of Kitchen and Davis living together. Did did you know that was like one of my one of my million this was this ideas? was one of this was yeah. one of uh, Dave spent uh, some of those DFS winnings on developing uh, a reality <laughs> TV show called the DFS House, and his idea was just that somehow like these men who are only interested in um, snacking and looking at their laptops would somehow be good TV. I mean, at the time there were some interesting guys. Now, like guys that have made the. Uh, have made the news, have, have made the, the Daily Beast. Uh, those were some of the names I had <laughs> in mind. Daily Beast. <laughs> some true patriots. <laughs> but it was having, having it all be like competition and having where all the people in the house, like you could see the, it was kind of like the MTV real world mixed with like what became the, you know, popular with like the challenge stuff. So someone else can do it and, and make their millions. I've already won the Millie maker. Really. It's just like everything else on top of this is, uh, is gravy. No, I think, I think you just kind of actually spelled out the show. It's everyone who won the Millie last night in a three bedroom house. <laughs> and we record that. <laughs> and then the winner, like everyone pulls their money and the winner actually gets the million. Ooh, okay. I like that. See? Well, Yeah. No, I was talking to my, uh, my buddy, uh, Brian Hooper, Brick75, his idea it was for chops is that the sites had a randomizer function and everyone just agreed to get put in and a randomizer just spits out who gets the million. So you would have had a one in 300 shot at a million or whatever, as opposed to your share. Would you opt into a, a randomizer spit out for that? Or are you taking your profits off the table? I would, I would, I would be in, I'd be in for the, I'd be in for the roulette spin hundred percent. Yeah. I, 
Well, I don't know. <laughs> Kitchen's <laughs> like, you know how much R&D I can get done with $3,500? <laughs> I don't know. I would say that like it's it's different, right? Because I played credit card roulette way above my Oh means. my god. I played credit card roulette in Vegas with like 18 dudes once and me and ben, and me and Dink were the last ones left and I like I was preparing my exit. Like I was like, <laughs> this is gonna be the worst thing to ever happen to me. <laughs> For those that don't know, credit card roulette is when the entire bill you have uh, you give all your credit cards to the waiter in a hat and then he pulls out the cards and if he pulls out your card, you don't have to pay for it. So the one card that's left is the one that you have to pay for it. So this was during like the uh, the DK Pro days when I was a, a DraftKings professional. And uh, now you're just a FanDuel professional. <laughs> so this was like with like Jason Robbins and these guys just got like, I mean, they were not hurting for money. Um, and these bills were like four or five K and I'm just thinking like in my mind for that, it was like, I've got an 8% chance of paying for this, but a 92% chance of getting like a $200 meal for free. So why not? Like that was, that was the risk I was, I was willing to take. I'm not sure in this case it would be like the opposite. I'd probably just take my winnings. So your big Millie Maker win was enough to barely cover one credit card roulette dinner is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> We're in different phases of life now. <laughs> I, I had I did I did have to pay once when it was only like six of us and it, it hurt. It hurt real bad. What can you do? Uh, what? These guys really like to drink their wine. They really like to drink <laughs> expensive wine. That's a big thing about DFS players. All right. Uh, as far as like legit or bit, legit or bit, there will be more than one. Let's just set the number of starting quarterbacks at a half. Ops out for COVID related reasons. Over. Yeah, I'll take the over. I just did a podcast with Rich um, and he, he made the point. Why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers do it? Just a big old F you to the Green Bay Packers. I the think only re- the he's only a competitor. Re- exactly. These guys, they would be bored out of their mind. It's why Tom Brady didn't retire and just go out, you know, with the Patriots legacy is they can't fathom doing anything else other than playing football. Yeah. And they're like, I agree. I, I think it's under, I don't think there will be a starting quarterback that, that opts out. Um, you got like the Titans. I'm not sure if you heard about Vic Beasley that came over from the Falcons. So he has said that he's not reported to camp and said that he might opt out. And it's going to be interesting because if he does, the Titans, like he can opt out and supposedly take this $8 million signing bonus and then just opt out. So the Titans are on the hook for the signing bonus and then he can just go somewhere else next year. So those are. I hope all the free agents who are in that spot just completely turn the screws to the team and then just are like, later, bro. It's a pleasure doing business. My the favorite ones I have are the ones that ha- are not even with the team and are opting out. It's like uh, I too am opting out. It's like they don't even have a team that they that they're assigned to. I wonder too if we're going to get the you know the the classic uh, no I broke up with you first thing you know yeah. with if teams are letting people go and they're like can I just can my PR guy just say I opted out before you guys cut me because that would really help me out a little bit. Darwin Thompson has opted out of the 2020 NFL season. 
as he loses his spot to Elijah Maguire. (laughs) Elijah Maguire, good name to know. Um, I mean, the one QB opt-out rumor I had seen was the Nick Foles Foles. one. Um, Which would be really interesting if we all got another spin with Trubisky because (laughs) everyone just left him for dead. So getting Trubisky again would be pretty fun. (laughs) Especially all the people who have been overdrafting Allen Robinson in the late second, early third, because they have somehow convinced themselves that Nick Foles is such a huge upgrade over Trubisky. That would be a really fun turn of events for them. The the Allen Robinson thing is really spun on its head. Everyone everyone is patting themselves on the back so hard for drafting him last year that they're like, yeah, let's draft Allen Robinson in the third round. That seems good. Let's just go ahead and do that. All right, one last legit or bit, and we got to get out of here. Legit or okay. bit, Le'Veon Bell has the potential to be a top Absolute bit. Absolute bit. Hey, God, I didn't 10. even hear what Dave said. Top 10? Top 10 running back this year. Chance? A chance, yes, but are Does you, he have you wanna, do you want to qualify it with a good chance so I can say <laughs> bit, or do you just want to say chance and I'm forced no, to say does legit? he have the upside? Oh, I hate this question. He had zero plays of 20 yards or more last year. Zero. <laughs> Le- legit or a bit, Tuttle's actually been here the entire time. He just really didn't want to talk about football today. <laughs> Yeah, actually, why don't we – should we throw it to Tuttle and get his thoughts on Le'Veon? <laughs> no, no, be quiet. I can't hear him. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, Tuttle, I I mean, Tuttle not on Le'Veon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, um, all yeah, right. To, to answer your question, Dave, yes, there there are worlds in multiverses where Le'Veon Bell is a top 10 back, but – I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pull in drafts. He, he, he could go full Leonard Fournette, 110 targets, 90 receptions, 317 yards. I'm, if, if this is a safe space and I could admit something, I've, I've been drafting him as some RB2s in the late fifth and sixth rounds. I mean, I just think that that, that spot for him is – has the potential like he does have the upside there Dave so I've seen some of your drafts and you're telling me like your Scott Fishbowl draft and I know basically what what I see these drafts that Dave likes is like I can go zero RB I could do it then he gets to the fourth round and he sees Levy and he's like Bell, but I don't and, have a running back I don't have a running back like I need the parachute I need the parachute I'm too scared to do it you know, I, I'm gonna be you know today was like how how I won the Millie Maker basically um <laughs> I will be unveiling the how I plan to win the uh, the underdog Millie uh, as well. The underdog 200K, which was more than we made together times yeah. 10 in the yeah. Millie Maker last night. <laughs> I really hope we don't we don't split the Millie Maker on underdog because that would mean. Yeah, a, I, a, I think the chances season. of you and I overlapping in seasonal fantasy are very low. Yeah, if you saw my top, I, I don't know, that would be interesting as far as like if you saw the top people I drafted and, and you guys have to guess like out of a pool of players who are the top players that I have drafted. That would be a uh, very fun game. All right. I really, I, let, let's let's guess. Let's guess who everyone, okay. First off, who do we guess Peter is the most drafted player for Kitchen this year? So I think... 
I guess the only data point I'll use is Dave has been drafting some wide receivers there in the third, fourth round. He loves AJ Brown. We all love AJ Brown. I, I could see AJ Brown being one of his highest exposure players. I, I, I was going to guess Darius Geis as being, oh, that's as, another because, good one. because Kitchen, you know, he wants to have that screenshot equity of setting out the comfortable lineup and you can get Geis in the eighth. Yeah. Uh, the the issue with guys is that he was in the same he's in the same range as as Vaughn, so you it's it's tough to get so them so chop, chopping it up there. So if you said Vaughn, okay. you, you'd be right. Who do um, we think? Who do we think Pete's most owned player is? Kitchen. Oh, I guess it would depend on the uh, the format, but. Uh, there is a guy I've drafted in basically every draft. I, I, I think it's the same for both you and I. Davis knows it from the, the chip chasing. Um, but can you guess it? I'll give you a clue. It's a rookie. I'll give uh, you another clue. It's a rookie wide receiver. Should, is it LaVisca? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the same for both Pete and I. Been gobbling him up. Yeah. Visca. I'm seeing a bunch of my drafts kind of like be put the same way. Uh, Pollard is a guy that I have a lot of. Like, I don't want to, I hope that nothing happens to Zeke. Uh, but if, if something does, then I will be in very good shape. Just once I want an analyst to talk about their zero RB handcuff in just a purely opportunistic way. I don't care who goes down. I don't know whose knees have to get blown out for me to get a Tony Pollard running back one season. There are like levels of like the, the, the brutality of what you're wishing to get your wish. So it's like, you know, I hope it's not like a serious injury, but like, it's like, Something minor. Well, that... I kind of hope Zeke succumbs to his alcoholism and has to go get help oh. in season. <laughs> well, that's not actually true. Uh, yeah. Well, well, that's like Sean Siegel because everyone always asks him about the zero running back targets and he always has to preface it. You know, it's like a disclaimer. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not rooting for any running backs. I'm, to not, get rooting injured. For, I'm not rooting for specific running backs to get injured just for historical trends of injuries <laughs> to running backs actually continuing. But specifically, I don't wish anyone ill will. All right. So final thoughts, Pete. Uh, have fun out there. Uh, congrats to you guys. Wow. It's, it's an honor. You know, I, in this industry, I try to surround myself <laughs> with winners and people I can learn from and getting to do this show with two Millie maker winners. It's, it's humbling. It's really yeah. humbling. I got to put FD Millie maker winner in my bio now. Yeah. Semi pro DFS player, like, like old David kitchen. I would, but I don't want like, I'm pretty sure my wife has a burner account out there. and I don't want her to think that something's up. And want to keep on thinking that I need all these deposits. Yeah, she so. can't. She can't take you away from um from the R and D money. That sweet, sweet R and D money. Yeah. Kitchen always an entrepreneur. I'm like hey. I'm the undercover um deposit king. I was just uh, gonna say, if your wife wants to see a no. true deposit king, send her my info. Do not. All right. Well, that will do it for the Swolecast. Pockets on Swole. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Swolecast on YouTube. And then uh, subscribe on iTunes. We have our separate feed as well. Thanks to everyone on the show, Tuttle, Davis, and my former, uh, the, the non-Millie Maker winner, uh, I guess I should say, Peter Overzets. Thanks to Devin for producing the show. We'll see you next week here on the Swolecast and Rotogrinders.com.